0: Hello guys, how are you doing this week? Um, it's your boy Noah. Welcome to another episode of our Inner Voices. Uh, this is the podcast where we discuss interesting ideas from different perspectives. Uh, Today's episode nine. That's crazy. Episode nine. We're almost at episode ten. So thank you for everybody who watch it, who listens to this. Um, you know, obviously I appreciate it. Um, today I have a recurring guest, um, Laura Sage.
1: Okay, hey, it's Laura. Um, Noah's favorite guest. He loved me so much; he had to beg for me to come back on.
0: Uh, yes, um, obviously, I had to get Laura back on because you know the numbers don't lie. <laughs> but yeah, um, so today's topic is called the amazing human, um, the, the amazing human system. Um, and basically, this topic was inspired by a conversation I had um, on a car, uh, on a uh, with an Uber driver a few weeks ago. Like, I'm not sure why we were having conversation about this, but that's how my weekends go. Um, but, yeah, we were talking about, like, illnesses and how the body, like, protects against illnesses and stuff.
1: Yeah, so basically, last week, Noah had man flu. Um, and so he was, like, obviously moaning about it quite a bit. So I think he got into the cab and just started talking about how ill he was. And the conversation flowed from there.
0: We We, we ended up... Thinking, we ended up just talking about how amazing the human body is, and so I decided to dig up some old biology demons from from GCSEs, and you know, just have a have a go at talking about some of the internal systems of the human being and the brain. Uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But just a quick disclaimer: obviously, um, I have a, I got a B in biology uh, GCSE, so obviously I'm no Einstein or heck I'm no A student in biology anyway Uh, so if I'm talking about this quite in a very broad way don't don't behead me or anything please science people I come in peace I'm just trying
1: (laughs) yeah and I am marginally more qualified than Noah to speak on this topic because I did biology A level and I came out with a C (laughs) so yeah both as good as each other
0: uh, but yeah, so the first thing we um, we were looking at, when I was, so obviously I was, um, there's so many aspects to the human body, like there's an entire, like obviously uh, the curriculum when it comes to like the human, understanding the human body is insanely massive. So we just picked out like really specific tiny things, which we find very interesting and we thought people would find interesting to hear about. The first Point we're t- we discussing today very briefly is the uh, is homeostasis. So I'll uh, let Laura explain what homeostasis is.
1: So homeostasis is the process process the body goes through in order to keep us alive. So the way it does this is by keeping roughly the same conditions throughout the body.
0: But just quickly, um, what are the ways in which, uh, no, what am I trying to ask? Like I'm talking about respiratory system what they called
1: what are the different systems that it needs to keep the same
0: yeah so obviously there are different systems that the body needs that the body ha- it uses to keep everything in check um like what are some like what are some of those systems just very briefly
1: um well you've got your digestive system you've got your respiratory system you've got your reproductive system
0: all right now yeah, so sorry continue
1: um, yeah, so basically the body likes to stay pretty much in the same same kind of way, same kind of temperature. It likes to have a roughly nice level of sugar and um, it likes to um, be hydrated as well. And it, it goes about keeping itself in these conditions in certain ways, which is homeostasis.
0: Uh, yeah, so like there are a lot of ways in which the body regulates, there's a lot of ways in which the body regulates external factors that we don't actually realise. So, for example, the body, like through homeostasis, the body controls um, temperature. Could you just explain to us, like, what is the use of the body controlling temperature? Like, why does it need the temperature to stay at a, specific, at a certain level at all times?
1: Um. Well, there are several chemical processes that go on in the body all the time. One of the most important of those is um, an- is aerobic respiration. Sorry for the, if it sounds like jargon. Basically, it's, the, it's how the, the body converts um, sugar into energy. So this is one of the most important things that our body does. Um, yeah, so basically, um, chemically, uh, that reaction, that turning the sugar into, into energy, it occurs best in certain temperatures. And that temperature is...
0: Oh, it's 38 degrees Celsius. Um, I, di- I didn't, like, just know that. I looked it up, like... Uh, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. Uh,
1: Yeah, so basically, the bo- the body likes to be about 38 degrees and um, it's pretty good at staying at this temperature. We shiver when we're cold and actually that kind of physical act of shivering, that warms us up. Also... Here's a fun fact. Anyone who's ever worked in an office might have noticed that on certain days, all the men are sweating, they've got t-shirts on, they're complaining, they've got the aircon on and all the women are in coats. Why is that? Well, muscle creates heat and men tend to be more muscly than women so they are able to create more heat. Also, I read um a while ago that women tend to kind of keep their their body heat in their core whereas men tend to keep it in their extremities so they feel physically warmer than women do we lose heat by evaporation that's why when it's humid you feel a lot hotter than when it's dry because it's actually hard for water to escape our bodies when it's humid
0: all right that's 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 um what well, nicely explained laura um yeah so if any don't worry if anybody's feeling like um it's a bit science Uh Yeah, we're going to ditch the science soon and just go straight to that, like just speculating. <laughs> the next thing about the human body, which I think is really awesome, is how it copes with illnesses, right? So this is something I've always been fascinated with, like what happens when we get ill? Um, so obviously, we chose the simplest illness, um, you know, obviously for, for the listeners and for my sake. <laughs> but we chose... Um, just like flus because everybody currently has a flu like like um I just had one last week and one thing I I discovered uh, recently I probably shoulda listened in biology but one thing I discovered recently is like when we have fevers um a lot of people usually think when you have a fever you're really ill and um like you probably need to take medicine but actually what happens is when you have a fever it's basically your body increasing its temperature so that the organism living inside of it, like the external organism causing the, the virus, can hopefully die. So like basically if you have a really, really high fever, that's because your body just doesn't understand how to regulate, like how to stop itself from trying to actively destroy this thing. So it's just fighting and whereas if you just have like one of those normal fevers with a cold and etc., that's your body's way of defending itself against like potential illness.
1: So, yeah, um, we might think of the fever as being a symptom of the illness, like as if the virus is what caused the fever, but it's actually our body's way of defending ourselves against the virus that's causing the fever. Um, and it's actually a good thing, even though it doesn't feel very nice. It is a good thing that we've got that fever because that means that our body's healthy enough to fight off the illness. If, if our body wasn't healthy in the first place, it wouldn't be able to raise the temperature adequately to fight off the illness, the virus. And that's probably why certain groups of people, like older people, young like young children, who can't regulate their body temperature as well, they're much more vulnerable to illness, like flu.
0: I've, yeah, I've always wondered about this. What happens um, to the process of homeostasis when you get ill? Like, obviously, I think the obvious thing I would think is because homeostasis covers all the internal systems. If you're if you're ill, like there's less. Um, if you're ill, then there's more focus on trying to defeat, like trying to get rid of the illness. So there's probably going to be less functionality in like, in, like the all in like um the other systems. Is that am I? Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah, that does make sense. Because say if you have a fever, you're sweating, and when you're sweating, you're losing water. So yeah, like, that's that's kind of reducing that homeostasis of having good water levels, keep keeping hydrated. So when you do have a fever, you, do, you need to make sure that you're sipping on water. You don't need to be glugging it down, just having sips of water regularly because you're losing water thanks to your fever. Um, and also, just generally, like, you might feel kind of weak because it, um, your body is at a temperature that's not like completely comfortable
0: and yeah um with that being said that would be that's the conclusion to the first segment um on the second in the second segment we're going to be talking about what the brain's involvement in all this is we're also going to be speaking about the reward what's it called the reward system
1: the reward pathway
0: so yeah tune in for the return Uh, welcome back um today um just um for those this is not live never mind (laughs) so hey guys welcome back um yeah in the second half we're just going to be speaking about like the brains um what the brain's involvement in like the whole process of homeostasis is and like uh this thing called reward systems um that the brain has so when i say the brain's function don't expect me to go too much into detail we're just going to like we're just going to have a conversation about it. you know how do you like how is the brain involved in homeostasis?
1: Well, the brain is what controls homeostasis. So um you know we've got a nervous system which is basically um kind of like receptors, I suppose, that that communicate back to the brain what's going on in the body. and then there's a part of the brain called the hypothalamus, which actually controls. Everything that's going on in the body,
0: so that's interesting. And now, um, this this is one of those things which I'm sure a lot of people wonder and wonder about. When all these, like one of the things which fascinates me the most about like the human body, especially the brain, is the is the whole idea of you know the feeling of like there there being a duality in the sense that there seems to be you as a person who is like Experiencing stuff, and you know, and then there seems to be that other part of you, which is like a machine, which you have no idea how it works. Really, like in ancient times, I can imagine they didn't understand, like when they didn't understand how like any of this stuff worked. Like they had, that's why they used to die so easily because they had no idea what they were doing wrong to their systems. So their internal systems would just literally be like wasted away. Like for example, they used to have this thing, um I can't remember what it's called, but is um was it bleeding I, I, anyway i can't remember what it's called maybe somebody in the comments can leave oh it. oh yeah i
1: know what you mean actually um so basically they used to think that when you're ill it means that you've got bad blood and so actually this was so common um where they used to do bloodletting so if if you were ill and actually even when you were normal i think they used to just um they'd either cut you or they might use leeches which is actually less painful um because a leech has something in it it's saliva that numbs a wound. Um but yeah they, they used to just take out bits of blood.
0: Yeah I think that yeah that was that's that was it. And like imagine how crazy that is compared to like what we, we have now and today and what we understand. Uh my point is even still we don't feel like we're we're like um what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, we don't feel like we're fully involved in this in the process like that's happening inside our system. It feels like the brain just does everything for us, but there are weird ways in which we seem to be in, like brought into this like into this um, system of homeostasis. Um so like yeah, how does the body involve us in this then? If we consider that there's actually a duality and there's a, a mind or a consciousness separate from the body, how does the body involve us in the process of homeostasis?
1: Um, so anytime that we have a craving, I think that's really what the body trying to involve us. So yeah, I was kind of thinking about like, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and been like gasping for a glass of water? And when you take that sip of that water, that's that's the best feeling ever it's it's like the nicest thing you've ever tasted that's your body um kind of forcing you to be involved in homeostasis yeah that's true
0: actually yeah that is yeah okay yeah that makes sense because it's like um also when you like because part of homeostasis is like um, excretory system so like when sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're dying for you you're dying to go to the toilet and you go, it's, like, one of the best feelings when you, like, the feeling of release. It's like your your brain is, like, pumping so much, like, happiness? Not happiness, but your brain is making you feel like this is one of the best things I'm going to be doing in a long time.
1: Or um, <laughs> when you're at a festival and you're camping and you need to go to the loo in the middle of the night and it's one of the worst feelings you could ever have. Um, But, yeah, so... Um, also you know if you've ever craved anything you've craved mcdonald's you've craved sugar you've you've craved chocolate that's your body trying to get you involved in homeostasis because your body kind of assumes that those commodities are rare you know you um it just it assumes that we don't have unlimited access to sugar and fat and salt so it's like give me more give me more give me more um and unfortunately those things are all too available in today's society
0: yeah i think that goes back to the evolution that goes back to human evolution where um there was a time in like uh we can imagine our ancestors didn't have access to like all these things we do today like there's so many factories and there's so many industries that are responsible for feeding us so much in excess sugar and fats um veg i mean veg is good but You know, like um, meats, protein, carbohydrates. But back then, they didn't have access to so much of that. So, like, it's still that primal instinct we have to, like, look for sugar as best as we can, look for fat as best as we can, even though at the same time, we have so much of it that you could just go into McDonald's and get, like, a McFlurry for a pound. That is, like, ridiculous amounts of calories, but your body craves it and it wants more, if possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we kind of look down on ourselves when we um, when we don't stick to our diet plans. But it is really, really hard because the body is begging us for this stuff. And also the advertisers are making it really hard for us to ignore it as well with the bright colors, like um, amazing adverts. And like, am I making it so cheap and so readily available? So like you can't be too hard on yourself. Your body basically is forcing you to eat that stuff.
0: But how about but you know then there's the other side of this where the body also rewards you. Uh, we'll call it a reward, just you know, for the sake of um, understanding. When the body rewards you for, for doing bad things to your body, like eating bad foods, you feel a certain like you feel a like can um. What's it called? I think it's dopamine. So your body, when you you eat bad foods like you really enjoy, or you smoke um. The chemical dopamine is released the chemical dopamine is released, which gives you like happiness and gives you like you know feeling of satisfaction
1: yeah, so basically, um if you're asking why would the body reward us for doing something bad i don't I don't think it, it is rewarding us for doing something bad. I think it's that that chemical it kind of overrides our reward system, so um for instance, um nicotine. They say that nicotine actually produces dopamine in the brain. So, dopamine is the substance that our brain uses to reward us. And I think basically the um, things like nicotine, alcohol, um, illegal drugs—they artificially create that reward in our brain. So it's not—it's not really. I mean. Obviously, when people are alcoholics, for instance, the body does become dependent on that um, chemical. But it's not necessarily that our body is rewarding us. It's like these chemicals, they override our reward systems.
0: So, like, if these chemicals are artificially created, then it it can, like, give the illusion of reward. It could give the illusion that the body is actually happy to receive these things. So, like, what this final part... Like what this whole aspect of um, the uh, rewards—we call them rewards anyway—but what this aspect shows us, I hope, is that in a lot of ways we are very driven by our cravings. So, like that, those instincts to continuously, like, go for money, like you know, go for like take drugs, eat certain types of food, do certain things repetitively, you know, run, etc. It's like driven by cravings because we just want to feel. That chemical release that our body produces whenever we embark on those things.
1: Yeah, like even um, I would say particularly nowadays we're constantly like, um, we're constantly chasing this dopamine high. Like, however we, however we go about getting it, whether it's through gambling, whether it's through drugs, um, whether it's through fatty foods, we're all just like looking for that constant high, and I think when people talk about looking for happiness that what we really should talk about is looking for satisfaction because these kind of things they give us momentary happiness but they don't give us a deeper satisfaction and actually true happiness is is learning to not kind of let happiness drive you if that makes sense like you're looking for excitement you're looking for reward but what you should really look for is like just just to be content
0: so yeah for me personally I think the Reason why today's episode is probably going to be is is quite is kind of useful is like even though we are out of the classrooms we don't stop learning we shouldn't just put away the knowledge that we acquired while we were in the class while when we were in secondary school sixth form university we shouldn't just bin that knowledge away in like there are practical ways in our everyday lives we can implement that knowledge for example with biology and understanding the human body the human body is amazing it's a phenomenal piece of work um you know listen to yourself study your body try and understand the like the prompts that your body gives you and yeah hopefully you have better health and a better life
1: and like what we want people to understand is even if you're not an expert on this kind of stuff like don't build don't feel like science isn't for you if you didn't like science in school that's probably because you were forced to learn it they they taught it to you in a way that wasn't that interesting and they graded you so you didn't feel like um like it was for you but if Noah and i can talk about science with the very little qualifications that we have then anyone can like let's let's get everyone talking about science
0: (laughs) awesome it's been your boy noah peace out Voice in Power
1: in voices